guys, and welcome to Kingdom Minded Hooligans. I'm your host, Kayla Wolf, and with me today, as always, is my amazing husband, Nathan. Hey guys, thanks for listening in on our podcast. I know we're behind on our promised podcasts and videos, but we've been having some serious technical difficulties, uh, such as last week we lost the entirety of the podcast. <laughs> um, and not to mention, sickness has been running rampant in our house the last couple of weeks, so rather than try to re-record last week's podcast, we're starting fresh with a two-for-one deal. Yeah, so with that being said, let's jump in and start off with the purposes of Acts. So last week, well, last episode, we discussed the authorship of Acts and the date it was written. The purpose of Acts has been a topic of discussion for a lot of scholars. The majority of them have come to the conclusion that there is more than one purpose for it, and I would have to agree. Like many books of the Bible, there are multiple purposes for writing Acts. Now, with that being said, some books have just have been one sole purpose, but some have been more than one. This week, we will be discussing just a few of these. Right. First is the historical purpose. Most scholars will agree that this is the main purpose of the book of Acts. As we discussed, this is Luke's sequel to his gospel, and Acts is about the start and growth of the church. The Gospel of Luke was about Jesus' earthly ministry, and Acts talks about his ministry continuing through his disciples, which are known as the Apostles. Why are they known as Apostles now instead of Disciples? I thought they've always been Disciples, and they've always been called Disciples. That's a good question. Stephen Gurr states in his book, Acts, Witnesses to the World, the term Apostle, which appears roughly 30 times in the book of Acts, is a transliteration of the Greek apostolos, which is a key term in Acts. Apostle is primarily used throughout the New Testament in a specialized sense to mean commissioned one, with the commission having been done by Christ. Thus, as an apostle, thus an apostle is a commissioned representative of Christ who is empowered by his delegated authority. It's a lot of words. <laughs> a lot of big words. He goes on to say, from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, we learn that the essential requirement for this level of apostleship is to have actually seen the resurrected Lord Jesus. You can follow up with that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. Then Paul gives us a comprehensive list of who witnessed the resurrected Christ, which can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5-8. through 8. However, we can infer from Paul, while the capacity of this category of apostle is seemingly not restricted to the twelve, it is limited to a set number of individuals who Christ personally appeared. Moreover, Paul is clear that in addition to the unprecedented fashion by which he has witnessed the resurrected Christ, he is the very last one of his group to do so. You can follow that up in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 8-9. through 9. Paul is adamant that by definition, there can never be any other apostles after him. So, the twelve disciples, excluding Judas, for obvious reasons, became apostles. They had a responsibility given to them by God to spread the gospel just like we are today. Not only were they given this task, but they were also to oversee the growth, leadership, and expansion of the church. Awesome. Thank you for clearing that up. The key verse in Acts is Acts 1.8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was said by Jesus to his apostles right before he ascended into heaven. So, let's dissect this a little bit. We're not going to go too deep into it because we will be discussing these verses next week, but I want you guys to have a better understanding of how significant this verse is. Right. Jesus is giving the apostles complete understanding of what to do and where to go next. He wants them to start in Jerusalem, then to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So it's basically like a roadmap, right? Yeah, pretty much. So next is the biographical purpose. 
You'll see as we go throughout Acts the similarities in Peter and Paul, a.k.a. Saul of Tarsus. Luke uses parts of Acts to show that they both have supernatural abilities, gifts, and divine commission. People think that Peter is superior to Paul or vice versa, but Luke shows that in Acts that they are both equal. Peter is responsible for starting and creating the church, and Paul is responsible for writing two-thirds of the New Testament. So the first half of Acts is basically a dedication of Peter's work, right. whereas the second half is a dedication of Paul's work. Right. They both had tremendous responsibility and faith in God, but they also died for their faith. Peter was crucified like Jesus, but unlike Jesus, he was crucified upside down. Now... You know, that is why some people support the upside-down crosses, and some people have the misconception that upside-down crosses are satanic. But in actuality, it just means we're un unworthy. Scholars believe that Peter requested to be crucified upside-down because he was unworthy to die like Christ. And Paul spent many years in prison, tortured and beaten, but was eventually beheaded under the Emperor Nero. Right. And a uh, nice Shook Light Deadman plug. What? The Unworthy EP. Check it out iTunes. Oh my Facebook, gosh, from YouTube. like 10 years ago? That's so old! That album's still so good. But I digress. <laughs> oh, back to the point. So we have our apologetic purpose, since this is my niche. Um, I'm going to jump in with the apologetic viewpoints. Luke uses Acts to reiterate that Christian movement is not a political one. Um, now, guys, we have to keep in mind that the Jews thought that their ruler was going to help Israel become a great nation and overthrow Roman oppression. Right. The Jews thought that Jesus being the Messiah would restore the nation of Israel. Right. And that's not the case at all. You know, he came for a greater purpose, and that was our salvation. So, all the apologetic points and acts keep pointing back to Jesus as the Messiah through a religious standpoint, and not a political one. Next is the theological purpose. Guys, I promise I'll keep this short and sweet. Nathan can attest that I do not have that much on my note cards, but theology is one of my favorite topics, and I could easily dive into this deep rabbit hole for hours. However, I won't, and I'll keep it short and sweet. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to time you. What? Why? No way! <laughs> <laughs> um, one, I think it's going to keep you on track, and two, so you don't go off on a thousand tangents like usual. Well, I do that all the time. Like you start to tell a story and you tell six stories within a story. No, that's you. You just <laughs> get me so sidetracked because you whole ask questions. Family. That's my whole family. It's how I was raised, y'all. Um, okay, so how long do I have? You got less than five minutes. Five minutes? There's no way. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> you ready? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Hold on. <laughs> all right. Go. Oh, wait. Nope. This is a... Not a stopwatch. All this right, now go. Including my God, this is like minutes. Hey, like I'm already like into my time. Okay, okay. So the overall theological importance of Acts focuses on the Holy Spirit. Luke is validating God's plan for Christianity, and he also dives into the Jew versus Gentile nature of Christianity. Gentiles were people who were not considered born Jewish. They were considered unclean, and there were so many rules that the Jews had for them. Now later, we'll talk about a pretty amazing story where we really see that Jesus came not for just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well, and that is in chapter 10. We talk about a man named Cornelius. Now, there's also a lot of talk regarding fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Now, Acts does not have as much theology or doctrine as, say, Romans, but it definitely holds a lot of responsibility for the inclusion of Gentiles. Like I said, we'll dive into more of that when it comes. All right. How'd I do? Um, you're less than a minute. Hey! Did I talk really fast? Because I yeah. feel like I did. <laughs> yeah, let me just speed read through my note cards here. I did. I was being timed. I was <laughs> 
shirt. <laughs> but even then, I nailed it. Like, I did good. <laughs> so, the real question is, how much stuff did you leave out? Um. Okay, I didn't skip over anything. Now, when I did type these out, I did have to cut a lot out because there was quite a bit. <laughs> but I just didn't want to throw all that information at once. Right. Well, good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Luke wrote with these purposes in mind because Jewish leaders were so against the Christian movement. They were persecuting and killing Christians left and right, but yet the faith kept flourishing. Luke is super thorough with the evidence throughout the letter because he wanted to stress that this was not a political movement, but rather a religious one. And we'll see that over the course of the series. Exactly. So that concludes the purpose for Acts. When we come back tomorrow, we will be discussing about the themes of Acts. Absolutely. It's going to be great, guys. If you enjoyed our show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. We put out podcasts every Wednesday. And that being said, we're getting the kinks worked out for our vlog series, and hopefully we'll be getting that out soon to you guys. Right. So be sure to stay tuned for our hilarious outtakes. Oh, man. <laughs> and check out our website at www.kingdommindedhooligans.com or on Insta and Twitter at KM Hooligans, and our Facebook page is also Kingdom Minded Hooligans. You can find me on Insta at Kayla Ellen or Nathan at Wolf underscore K dot M dot H. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the themes of Acts, and we hope you guys have a great week. Yeah, see ya. was written by me, Kayla Wolf, with research assistance by Nathan Wolf, and our sound design is by Brady Keaton. Moreover, don't say it like that. Moreover, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's a transliteration of the Greek apostolos. <laughs> That's a hard word. Apollos. What? Moreover, Paul is clear. Speak. 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 Say hello. Unprecedented. Don't, don't pull Michael Scott. <laughs> Disray has an respect. <laughs> Disrespect. <laughs> My friend Afro drives a Prius. <laughs> oh man, the office references, fam. I love it. Unprecedented. Precedented. Unprecedented. 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 <laughs> Chicken jerky recipe. So the twelve disciples, excluding Jews, <laughs> That niche. word. Mm -hmm. I always say niche. Maybe that's my niche. Appalachia coming out in me. Niche, niche. Moreover. <laughs> Stop. <laughs>